0: Golden West Radio now brings you the Lawn and Garden Journal. Get your questions ready. Our toll-free line is open at 1-800-374-3315. Now, here's your host, Carla Hersena from St. Mary's Nursery and Garden Center.
1: Good morning, everyone. It's August 12th, and it is the Lawn and Garden Journal that you're listening to right now. It is a rainy morning. It is a gentle rain. There is a blessing that we have our rain around us because it brings life and vitality back to plants. It fills things up and it slows things down. So do we love the rain? Yes, occasionally. It gives us a little bit of a break from the heat that we've been having. So listen to the rain in summer. How beautiful is the rain after the dust and heat in the broad and fiery street, in the narrow lane. How beautiful is the rain! How it clatters along the roofs like the tramps of hoofs. How it gushes and struggles out from the throat of every overflowing spout. Across the window pane it pours and pours, and swift and wide with a muddy tide, like a river down the gutter roars. The rain, the welcoming rain. The sick man from his chambers looks at the twisted brooks. He can feel the cool breath of each little pool. His fevered brain grows calm again as he breathes a blessing on the rain. From the neighboring school come the boys, with more than their wonted noise and commotion, and down the wet streets sail their mimic fleets, till the treacherous pools engulf them in the whirling and turbulent ocean. In the country on every side, where far and wide, like a leopard's tawny and spotted hide, stretches the plain to the dry grass and the drier grain, how welcome is the rain! In the furrowed land the toilsome and patient oxen stand, lifting the yoke encumbered head. With their dilated nostrils spread, they silently inhale the clovered-scent gale and the vapors that arise from the well-watered and smoking soil. For this rest in the furrow, after toil, their large and lustrous eyes seem to thank the Lord more than man's spoken word." At the hand from the unsheltering trees the farmer sees his pastures and his grains, as they bend their tops to the numbless beating drops of the insistent rain. He counts it as no sin that he sees therein only his own thrift and gain. These and far more than these, the poet sees, he can behold Aquarius old. "'walking the fenceless fields of air, "'and from each ample fold of the clouds that rolled, "'scattered everywhere, the showery rain "'as the farmer scatters his grains, "'he can behold things manifold "'that have not yet been wholly told, "'have not been wholly sung nor said, "'for his thoughts that never stops, "'follows the water-drops, down to the graves of the dead, "'down through chasms and gulfs of profound... To the dreary fountainhead of lakes and rivers underground, and sees them where the rain is done on the bridges of colors seven, climbing up once more to heaven opposite the setting sun. Thus the seer, with a vision clear, sees forms and disappear in the perpetual round of strange, mysterious change from birth to death, and death to birth, from heaven to earth and earth to heaven, till glimpses of sublime, of things unseen before, unto his wondering eyes reveal, the universe is an immeasurable wheel turning forever in the rapid and rushing river of time. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to the Lawn and Garden Journal, and this morning, I guess even yesterday, we had a little bit of a reprieve from getting out there and watering our gardens Yes, it's a welcoming rain that we're having and I hope that all areas get some moisture and soon, all over, we are finding that the moisture that we need, yes, we need. So it is a blessing that we've got some water today, but in some cases too, some of the watering aspects of gardening is relaxing, where I know it's a job, we have to do it and to keep the sustainability of our plants and everything going. But there is an enjoyment of grabbing either a watering can and going through and giving that long drink to those containers or even taking time to hold the hose and water things and get them growing that way. It's something about it. There's something about being in that aspect, being in that moment with water. The where, Where I'm going with this is, If you're out and about today, if you're out in the rain today, there is a scent. There is a gentleness to it. There is a stop and a pause when it rains. It slows us down. And when I was actually going through it, I thought, yeah, it's good. It's healthy. It replenishes us. It replenishes the world. And it also gives us a lot of other things that we never really thought about before. The smell of rain itself. Apparently, it's caused by the chemicals that are released by bacteria and plants and even the electricity of ozones. Sometimes that even electricity, when it sparks, it regenerates us. It gives us a new life and new energy, even to the air. The air gets cleaner because every time that raindrop falls, it soaks up and it gets those dusts and everything else that's floating around. Yeah, even those allergens seem to drop to the ground. The rain smells wonderful. And in some terminology or in some aspects, it maybe cleanses us and it maybe changes our mindset. And believe it or not, it if you're out there for a walk in the rain, you have a little bit more energy than walking in the heat of the day. When it's really, really heat and we're trying to do our gardening, we slow down a little bit more. But as the temperatures are out there and it's a little misty, yeah, I have to admit, I've been on jobs where it's been a misty rain or the the very heat of the day. I'll take the misty rain and get wet because the temperature's warm and I can get my tasks done. Now, it's a lot different when it's a pouring rain and you're working in the rain. That's totally different. Totally different that's on there. So, think about it. Do you go out into the rain? Do you go out in the rain and see your gardens? There's the smell of the grass when you crunch it, there's the smell of the, of the emissions of maybe even some of the scents of the flowers that are there. Sometimes, does your mood change when you're walking in the rain? Think about it. All right, there's lots to think about, and rain is of course a blessing it gives us the water and that's one thing we should talk about too is the water table right now it is quite low we've been in a little bit of a drought again so we really want to be able to get into that all right albert you've been waiting online how are you this morning
2: i'm good how are you doing this morning
1: i'm very very good thank you for calling in
2: my pleasure um my question is uh i believe they're flea beetles and they're Attacking my tomato plants and my uh, peppers.
1: Yeah, they're nasty. We yeah, kind of see, th- we see them kind of, s- uh, sort of in cycles. Here okay. at the garden center, we see them first thing in the spring, and then we see them later again. Uh, but I think we're even seeing them earlier now Uh, because we usually see ours here at the Garden Center a little bit later in August. Okay. Um, I think it's indicative of when the crops are being either put in or harvested and that's in there. But a few things that we can do with the flea beetles is naturally, um, we're talking about water and how fortunate that we can take a blast of water from the hose and sort of bounce some of them off, but flea beetles have a tendency to come back very quick. Yeah. So... There are a few things, uh, diatomaceous earth, so if you could put a little bit of that on some of your crops, that will help to eradicate some of them.
2: Does that come in a bag or...? It
1: It comes, it's a powder that you put onto it, and you want to apply it when it's not raining because it will get washed off. You'll have to reapply it after rain. Okay. But it comes as a powder, and you can just dust it onto your items that's there. But always, too, if you're using it on edible crops, make sure you're washing your stuff very well before... Uh,
2: harvesting and adjusting. Great. okay okay great i think i'll try that then
1: yeah and you're growing which type of peppers and tomatoes
2: uh i've got a couple different types of tomatoes the roma early girl and i can't remember the other one oh manitoba and then the peppers are just bell peppers
1: oh very nice and yeah. i'm finding that with your peppers um they take a fair bit of watering so they can get the denser, thicker walls on them, right? Right. Yeah, so uh, a little, we harvested some peppers here, and unfortunately at a certain point that if we have some left over, just a little story to say, uh-huh. um, we, the tags got pulled, so we said to some of the staff, okay, start harvesting and we'll just, you know, do a community share within our staff here. Well, I took a few home, and I wish I had marked which for which because some of them are very hot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, a little bit of a shout-out is if you never know which pepper you're planting, always put a garden stake and mark which one it is.
2: Yeah, good idea to identify, yeah.
1: To identify, yeah. Yeah. I actually gave, uh, I sliced up one thinking it was a a little bit of a, more of a bell pepper, but I guess it was harvested early, and I, you know, chop it up for the salad, tossed one to the husband, Uh and... Uh, he, he immediately went what is this <laughs> <laughs> it was so spicy so spicy hot so but uh your tomato selection that's in there it's very good because you got sauces to canning covered yeah. there
2: yeah yeah i need good. can them this year.
1: yeah so okay.
2: uh, if you uh if i was to use like a insecticidal soap spray would that help as well or
1: yes you can use that as well okay Yeah, like if you're using any type of insecticidal soap, Dysamination's Earth is more of the organic side, and then you can go into more of the other sprays, um, Uh you know, with your endols, and that they do have some fatty acids that are in, or some fat content that will kind of coat the bug too as well.
2: Okay. Okay? Great. All right. Thank you very much for the info.
1: Oh, you're very welcome. Have a great weekend, Albert. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. If you're just dialing in, we just started off, uh, the show with the benefits of rain. And not only do we need that rain for replenishing, for drinking water and cooking and washing and supporting our vegetative growth that's on there, it is a cycle of life. And uh, yes, we use it also to maintain and grow our gardens. And from there, we were talking uh, to Albert, we were talking about the flea beetles. Yes, the beetles are, are back and... That brought us to sort of it, sort of. Okay, I had my show planned here, and then now we're kind of taking the angle, which I kind of love when you guys call in because it gets us thinking about what's happening in our communities with other people. And it gives us sort of a call to action to say, if I haven't been out in my garden a few days, maybe I should go check uh, to see what's happening. So do take a pause and go out and see because in some instances, in some days, you can see a a huge change in a day or two. A classic example is some of the cabbage butterflies or butterflies that are out there laying their eggs and it's kind of uh, taken a toll on one section of our back area where in a day or two we start to see the evidence of them uh, crunching and munching on some of our ornamental kale. So lo and behold, out we go with our blast of water to try and get rid of some of that. So check your uh, gardens for things, everything from, uh, there was a lady that was in, and okay, here it is. Uh, She was in, and she was mentioning that her apples were dropping, and uh, mom was saying the same thing. She had uh, a little bit of apple drops, and I know that she actually recorded and made mention to me myself that uh, she had hung some apple maggot traps earlier this year, and lo and behold, she said, I think if I'm not wrong here, probably 70% are really, really good. She still has a little bit of apple, maggot, and some, but it's the effectiveness of getting control on that and activating soon on the insects. So bravo, mom. I'm glad that uh, the apples are doing a little bit better. And the same thing with this lady that brought in some of hers is like, what could I have done to prevent this? So taking action early, that's in there. And just remember, if we're getting a little bit of your uh, fruiting or maturing of some apples that are a little bit more um, not doing well, try and harvest and remove those. Uh, If the apples are dropping on the ground too soon because of premature drop, pick them up, clean up the area. You do not want the apples uh, staying on the ground. You wanna have a clean area. So you're doing crop management. The same if you have some uh, uh, blossom end rot on some of your tomatoes. Don't leave them to rot near the area. Take them to the compost, get rid of them and clean things up. I'm glad the apple maggot trap is working because lo and behold, um, mom was actually sending us pictures of her apples. We were FaceTiming and already she was harvesting and slicing and putting apples in her bags for freezing. yes right from the tree, slicing into a bag for freezing uh, freezing for apple pies. Now, when we went and we talked to Albert about canning and slicing and making sauces, the Roma tomatoes are beautiful for sauces. And then, of course, your early girl and your celebrity, your Manitobas, all make good, really good uh, canning varieties as well. But here's a question too. It reminds me too, canning season is out there. You're going to say, why are you talking about canning when it's a gardening show? It goes together because we produce our crops and we want to keep those crops. And what better ways to do it is to harvest and do some canning. And what do you do? I'm going to do a call to action. What's your best canning that you like to do? Do you like doing pickles or do you like doing tomatoes? Back in the day, Uh, A little story here, back in the day, I was given an opportunity. Opportunity is uh, a neighbor knocking on the door saying, okay, I have a field of corn that needs to be picked, and you have some children that need a job for the summer. So yes, a summer of picking corn in Enola, Manitoba is where I went. And if you remember this, uh, picking by hand and filling up big bags of uh, burlap bags, up and down the rows, my sister and I went until the end of the day when the truck came and we had to throw it in the in the three-ton truck. And I remember that we were given a bonus and the bonus was corn. Here, we thought we were going to get a little bit of extra that's on there. And what we got was, lo and behold, bags and bags of corn. And what did we do that very next weekend? Mom and dad pulled out the corn, we shucked corn, we peeled corn and we made corn chutney. Yes, those memories are still instilled in my brain. So And also, too, pickles. I know Lydia's on the line. Hang on, Lydia. I just want to get this in. Pickles. Do you make pickles with brown sugar, or do you make pickles with white sugar? Let's share this canning aspects of soon the full harvest bounty is going to be coming. Let's go right to the lines. Lydia's waiting. Hi, Lydia. Hi. Hi. How can we help you on the Lawn and Garden Journal?
3: Uh, Well, I'm wondering about, uh, like, I I planted a passion flower, like, uh, last summer. Yep. And it has not been blooming for me yet. I'm just wondering how long it takes for it to bloom. Like does it take a couple of years or
1: uh okay, so how how big was it when you bought it? Sort of give me sort of the scenario. No,
3: no. I just started it up from the seed.
1: Oh you started it from the seed? Oh yes. Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna take a little bit of time to bloom. Okay. Right? Because so- like, this is the second year now, eh? So so if okay, so how big is it? Uh, what's well, about maybe, maybe three feet long. Okay, and did and you bad. did you pinch it at all to get any side branches?
3: Uh, well, it does have quite a few side branches. Yes, mm-hmm. it's growing, but it's
1: very slow growing. Okay, very slow growing. Okay, mm-hmm. so what I would probably recommend is in generally in the first year or two of a plant's growth, especially because this is not an annual plant. Oh, okay. it's not. Okay. Well, yeah, okay, I know. It's, okay. it's kind of it's, like a house plant, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. I was going to say, geez, I shouldn't have said it that way because in our zone, which is, you know, 3B or whatever that's in here, um, the passion vine is a annual if we keep it outdoors. It is a house plant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here too, as well, so you can bring it in as a house plant and keep it going that way. But I think you have to hit a little bit of maturity before it's going to start doing its blooming aspect. And the rationale between that too is when we harvest and we do trees, and when we first take a uh, tree from a potted plant to the ground, I usually like to endorse that put more energy in the rooting system of that plant for one or two years before you really want to try and push it into a fruiting aspect because the fruiting and flowering portion of a plant is takes a lot of energy from those plants. So give yourself probably, I'd say, um, and how thick are the stems on it? Are they, oh, well, are they they're not wo- that thick yet, no. Okay, is there any woodiness to the stemming or no, are they all still no. tenderly green? Yeah, it's
3: still very green
1: yet. Mm -hmm. still green, I would probably give it another year. Oh, okay. Yeah, give it another year because if it's only a year old. um, Mm -hmm. And the other thing too, are you fertilizing? Uh, Not that much. Not that much? So you think I should? Yeah. Well, if it gets to a certain point where let's say, okay, if it hasn't flowered yet, let's see if we can just really encourage a really healthy system on that plant. So Mm -hmm. what size of pot is it in? Uh, it 's about maybe uh, a three inch pot In a three inch pot okay yeah, and are the and the roots you don 't see any roots coming around the top surface or through the bottom mm-hmm, of no. that plant yet no okay no. I think you I think you need maturity on that plant okay, okay. i 'm going to sort of call it as it is because most of the times when we get a lot of the pasiflor, uh, passion vines or passiflores that we have. Um, they are in more mature, and the rooting system is quite extensive on them when we get them. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, so just give it more time. Mm -hmm. Just give it more time. Think of it as a tropical paradise of greenery until you do get those flowers. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, and they're beautiful. Um, If Most Mm -hmm. people, if they don't know, um, because some people will think, uh, what is a passion flower? But it's in the passiflora family. It's vining. And isn't it beautiful that the flowers, when they open up, they're almost five, six inches across, and they're very—they have a lot of depth concept to them because they're very—they um, almost look fake, very waxy. That's oh, right. okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. So they are something <laughs> to be um, amazed at when they do start to flower. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sounds all right. Good. Okay. Well, in- could I ask you another question? It's about the
3: hollyhock. Yes, go for it uh like there's a a smaller hollyhock that's uh, that I don't know would you know the name of that one the like smaller? it's uh, like not the tall one eh there is, I've seen the smaller ones and I'm not sure what they're called
1: are uh, the smaller one yeah, like they're only like two feet tall well there could be know. there could be shorter varieties of them or are you talking. Mm-hmm. Because there's sometimes there's shorter varieties. Um, I think one of the ones that we were in there, I think if you're looking up, I think um, uh, it's got like a Spanish, Fiesta. If you're looking, because some oh, of the old-fashioned... Yeah, okay. look for one that's called Fiesta. I think it goes maybe three feet, maybe up to three feet tall. I have. Okay. I don't have. I don't have my book in front of me. It's. It's at home.
3: Okay. <laughs> okay well, so, that's okay. Yeah, I know there was a smaller one. I've seen them. So. Uh,
1: yeah, because your old-fashioned okay. variety ones, we know. Uh, yeah. Like they will. Yeah, they get they, tall. Yeah, they get very very tall. But if you have a very small garden and not a, a deep garden bed, they are mm-hmm. pretty for smaller garden beds too. Or the front of the border. Okay? Okay. Yeah, okay, I'm wondering so if they would winter through those smaller ones. The heart the Fiesta series? Yeah. I think they are zone three. So oh, if you're okay. looking, look for in the Fiesta series. And mm-hmm. I think they are a zone three. Okay?
3: Okay. Is it like a perennial or is it is it a like a biannual?
1: It will be a biennial. Um, okay. the old fashioned the old fashioned varieties are biennial. And the gardening world is getting kind of cool because sometimes your plants will flower on every second year or they'll drop seed and it's the second year. But there's a lot of new perennials that are coming out, like the alcaeas, that will bloom on first-year growth. So I, I, sorry, I forget if that is okay. one of those varieties. Okay? Okay, but yeah. Okay. That's okay. All. okay. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, okay. okay. Thank you. You're very, you very welcome. Much. You're okay. very welcome. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. And you know what? Um, I'm just going to ask permission from Parker to take another caller before we take a break. So I'm sorry, Parker, but we're gonna, I'm going to go right to Dave because it looks like it's a busy morning. Good morning, Dave.
4: Hi, good morning. I really enjoy your, uh, your, your show here. But I have a problem with the white butterflies, the cabbage butterflies. Yeah. How do we contain them?
1: <laughs> we don't <laughs> want to contain them. We want them to go away. Uh, yeah, I, I get your meaning.
4: Is there there a cover that you could buy to uh, netting or anything? I mean, there's a long row nets. I know that, but...
1: Yeah, uh, you can use row cover. There is that white row cover that you can do, and that is a beneficial portion of it because the row cover still allows uh, the sunlight to go through, which is an important factor with chlorophyll development in plants. Mm -hmm. Uh, You will have to lift it and do a better watering underneath it because it will... Eventually, the cloth will saturate. The moisture will wick through. But yeah. uh, if you lift it up, but if you've got your brassia families of cabbages and kales and that kind of stuff, yeah. It is beneficial to use.
4: Okay, I've, uh, I've I've done that, and that seems to work. But I've also I wondered I use BTK. It's a, a bacterial fungicide. Is I don't know if it's as effective as there's it used to be a dust made by Wilson's. Is that still available? Do you know?
1: Um, you know what? There was a lot of dust that were uh, used. That uh, I don't know. Seven was licensed for edible crops, but there were a lot of dust dusts that were used, but have been removed from the market. Yeah. And BTK is that Bacillus thuringiensis. I think I it, I always muck up the last the last the third <laughs> name of it. Yeah. But it is it is a targeted insecticide for worms. mm
4: mm-hmm.
1: So you're hitting not the moth, but you're hitting the cycle of where the uh, that cabbage butterfly leaves its eggs. Right. So as that develops and they start, it's the larvae that's eating, right? It's mm-hmm. not the cabbage butterfly? Yes, yes. So the BTK, but the thing is, you have to target the larvae in its worm form? Yeah. Otherwise it's ineffective, right? Yes.
4: Yeah. yeah. Well, I know that we did have... A Wilson's put out an insecticide fungicide. Yeah. It was made by, it was called Garden Doctor. And I don't know, do you carry anything like that in your place?
1: We have BTK and we have diatomaceous earth, which
4: is, yeah. Diatomaceous earth doesn't work for, uh, uh, I've tried that and that doesn't work. You've tried? Yeah. The spray and the fungicide dust is the best thing. And uh, other than covering them up, which is a lot of extra work, but you know, it's just trying to eliminate all this extra physical work.
1: Yes, I get you. I get you. Uh, I hear you.
4: But uh, okay, well, I'll just uh, keep keep working with the BTK, I guess, and uh, watch out for those worms and the larvae.
1: I know. I, you know, what it's 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 the str it's the. I'm not gonna call it a struggle. Sometimes it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it is a ch- it is a challenge. Yes, <laughs> and. Um, But think of it this way. The extra work, gardening work is good. It keeps... And gardening work, it keeps people young. Uh,
3: Good for the heart.
1: It's good for the heart. It's good for the soul. Yeah. And um, I'm always a firm believer that if you slow down, you are going to slow down. That's right. So uh, (laughs) I always contribute that my mother is going to be 90 this year. Wow. And she continually, always works her garden. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. So... Um. just maybe don't work so hard every day.
4: No. Okay. So <laughs> We'll keep on gardening. Thanks very
1: much. All right. Keep the spirit. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye, Dave. You're listening to the Lawn and Garden Journal, and as I say, I usually prepare a little bit of a show, and I love it when you call in and make the show your own. So the lines are open, 1-800-374-3315. Give us a shout. We're going to go right to the lines. Elaine's been waiting. Good morning, Elaine.
0: Good morning.
1: Good morning. And I have been forgetting to ask everyone where they're calling from.
0: I'm from Morris.
1: From Morris. Well, hello. And did you get lots of rain last night in Morris? We
0: we did get an inch on our yard, yes. And it was wonderful.
1: You know what? It is. It's truly good that we are getting some moisture in the ground.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. You're
1: right. Yeah. Although some uh, farmers, and I saw the news in uh, one of the other provinces, I wonder if it's going to be an early harvest here as it is that's happening in Alberta. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so sometimes a little bit of rain, the farmers are going, no, no, we need to get the crops off the field. So <laughs> it's, it's creating that balance of, do we like the rain or do we not like the rain?
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. We need rain. We need rain, for sure. How can we help you? Okay,
0: I'm calling because a lady had called in, or I think it was a lady, about the tiny beetle. And I'm not sure if it's the same beetle as I have. I This one is so cute. It's tiny. It's oval. And it's striped. It almost looks like a tiny potato bug. And it attacked my cucumber plants. They're, the one plant is completely dried up. So what I did is I had a powder that I mixed for my potato bugs, and it works quite well. And I, uh, it's just a cup of flour and you add two heaping tablespoons of cayenne pepper and I powder that on my plants. And I did it on the bean plants that had holes in it worked. And now I did it on the cucumber plants and yesterday I looked and they're still not there. So I don't know if I've caught it or not, but it's such a simple, cheap way of, of, uh, so-
1: that's one cup of flour and two tablespoons of cayenne
0: pepper? Said, I think it said, I, I got it in a book somewhere, and I don't know where the book is, but, but I thought it said two heaping tablespoons of cayenne pepper. So that's what I put in. Oh, okay. And then I just put it in a mix thing, and I shake it on. And I noticed, like, I had shaken it on two weeks ago, and now we had this rain, and the flour was still there. I could see the white flour. But there still were no bugs coming yet yesterday, so I'm going to go out and check today.
1: Well, you know what? If, it, if you try it and it works, then bravo.
0: Yeah, it does work for, for like, I noticed on the uh, squash plants I put it, on potato plants. and I just, I figure, may as well try this.
1: You know what? There's a lot of things, too, because um, in certain aspects, I know that vinegar... Um, works for removing the tops of weeds, but it won't kill the the root underneath. But it gives you that measure sort of to keep keep it a little bit tidier looking too.
0: Okay. So mm-hmm. if
1: it does if it does work, and we've got endorsement from you.
0: <laughs> well, it works for me, and I love it. I just am so happy that I can save because I had another cucumber patch, and that one they haven't touched yet. So I quickly powdered that whole one now, and hopefully. Yeah.
1: Oh well that's probably I'm just thinking I'm I just I wrote this down and I um I'm just kind of giggling in my mind about the hot peppers that my husband and I has, And I wrote this down <laughs> thinking, I, my son is the culinary aspect that he takes after my husband. And the one cup of flour and the two tablespoons of cayenne, if I left that on his table, he would think it would be a recipe for his spicy chicken wings.
3: <laughs> oh, okay.
1: So you've given us uh, a remedy for the bugs and maybe a little bit for some spicy chicken wings tonight, this weekend. Oh,
0: that's right. Who knows, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, no, I just thought I would call in. It's just such a pretty bug. And I mean, the frogs are in the one patch, too. There's a lot of frogs and they are maybe eating some of those bugs. I'm not just sure. So
1: those you beetles. have a little bit of community sharing going on.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Oh, I a have frog- a lovely garden. I love
1: it. And you know what? It just gave me the vision of your lovely garden. Um, You like the bugs because they're nice, but you like to get them eradicated. But the sound of those frogs with the rain must just be beautiful.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, and the crickets, too. Those, (laughs) Those we don't like in the house here, but we're catching them all and getting rid of them, but...
1: Yeah, no, I got you there. I do not like crickle, uh, crickets in, my, in the house either.
0: But they say they eat the, the the eggs of the grasshoppers. So for farmers, and we're farmers, I think that's a, a good thought.
1: Well, you know what, there is, and when you think of gardening, gardening is, like what we said earlier, our struggles and our challenges. Mm-hmm. But we can't have all goodness in life.
0: That's right.
1: Because there is an equal measure of the not-so-good with the good, and it brings us together.
0: That's right.
1: Right? So we uh-huh. have to think of life that way. Mm-hmm. And gardening is the perfect example of that,
0: right? Yes. You're right.
1: Yeah, so there is a portion that uh, one bug will eat the other bug and help us out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. You're right. All okay. right. Okay. Well, thank okay. you very much.
1: Oh, you're very welcome, and uh, have a great gardening weekend, okay?
0: Thank you. You too.
1: Bye. Bye, Elaine. Bye-bye. It's amazing, though, the stories and the things that we see and we hear in our gardens because there are the benefits. And the benefits is, yes, we're talking about rain because I just see around the world how much rain is needed everywhere. So there's a little bit of a a thought process. I hope everyone takes a moment to to hope and pray for the people that are affected by so much forest fires that are out there. Yeah, sorry. I take a pause there. Um, But the rain too is beneficial on the plant's growth, but rain too can also cause um, plants to go into a state of chlorosis. And this is one of the things that I had it in big, bold letters right across my page this morning is uh, remind people about The chlorosis portion of it, because we are starting to see that in the spring we see these lush green leaves opening, and it is the time of the season, August, and we're so close to fall that it's getting there. Is are we seeing an early development of changes of colors at least because we progress so fast in our spring? Remember, spring started not with those 13 to 18 to nice, beautiful 22 degrees temperatures. We went from snow to 30. So our plants have progressed very fast. So we may see a little bit of color change. I think I mentioned it to you before that even some of our plants that are here are are amy maples for sure. Our Engelman ivies that are in our parking lot if you come in. I love the red color tone, don't get me wrong, but normally we don't see this till the end of August, early September, when the kids are going back to school, that they see these red color shapes or tones that are taking a place, all right? But yes, um, keep that in mind. But, you know, it is a cloudy day, and before we go, There is one thing that I want you to just listen to. It is a cloudy day. How lovely can a cloudy day be? It is surprising how much happiness a gray day day can bring. Everyone needs a cloudy day once in a while. They help us to appreciate the wonderful green and sunlit days that come after these gray ones. Thank you for listening, everyone, to the Lawn Garden Journal. We'll be back again next Saturday. Have a great weekend and enjoy your gardening in the rain.